Welcome back to Tip of the Spear with your Missoula County Commissioners. I'm Josh Sladek and I'm joined by my friends Juanita Vero and Dave Strohmeyer, fellow commissioners. And today we have a special guest, our friend and communications manager, Allison France. And Allison, we know that you have a, a, new, a new feature, a new product, a new piece of technology to unveil. But before we, we get to that, more importantly, how did you find yourself in this role of being a communications manager? For local government. For, for local, local government. government. <laughs> Everybody's dream job, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, so uh, like you said, I am Allison Franz. I'm the communications manager for Missoula County. And I started here about four years ago um, as the communications coordinator and then have been in the current role for about two years. Um, my background is in journalism. I am a proud graduate of the UM School of Journalism and I was an editor at the Great Falls Tribune for about wow. um, five years or so. And then I was over at the university in their communications for a few years after that and then found this uh, job listing <laughs> for a local government <laughs> communications person and thought it, thought it would be a good fit with, with my background in journalism and just kind of having the skills to really communicate about important things in a way that people kind of understand and understand how it impacts their lives. So it's been a good fit and a good transition for oh. that for that background, yeah. I did not know you spent time in Great Falls. Oh, I did, yes. Did you, you carry no scars? Sip and dip? <laughs> <laughs> I technically did two tours of duty in Great Falls. We <laughs> went, I went there right after graduation, came back when my husband was in law school, and then we went back when he was doing a clerkship over there. So two, wow. two separate tours of duty <laughs> in Great Falls. Okay. And yes, did spend some time at the sip and dip. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of the only things to do there. Really. <laughs> so Allison... Communications. Talk to us a little bit about, well, how does your department communicate with the public here in Missoula County? So, yeah, so our department, um, we, as you guys know, we're based in the commissioner's office, but we do communications kind of at large for the entire county, really, and especially the public-facing departments. And we have um, our uh, communications coordinator now, Sarah Bell, and uh, a community engagement coordinator, Emmy Bristow. So we've got our, the three of us in the department with, you know, we have various... Um, responsibilities and all of that. So really our main goal is that we're always wanting to communicate clear, accurate, and timely information to the public in a way that is accessible to them, that they understand it. It's not, it's not you know, um, government jargon or acronyms. We're communicating it in a way that they can understand it and understand how it impacts their lives and that, you know, in turn makes them more engaged in the work that we're doing at Missoula County. What would be an example? We think about local government like snooze fest, mm -hmm. but this is <laughs> this is the stuff that is right. that really touches people in ways that mm -hmm. you just don't appreciate. So I'm, I'm reminded mm -hmm. of I don't know if it was the last time we were on KGVO or one of those times the three of us were on KGVO. One of the callers who was angry with us and mad generally. Mm -hmm. She opened her comments with, I have to say, though, the county's so great about getting me information <laughs> and letting me know when meetings are, and I really right, appreciate it. You right. guys do a great job with that, but you're totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but she appreciates but that she, she yeah, had the information. She, she, yeah. she led with that. that, right, that she right. got, not only did she get the information, she got it in a timely way, and she was notified about when meetings were so she mm -hmm. could participate. Right. Going, yeah, and going back to just an example, I think just something that, well, I've just been really involved in lately is with elections. You know, there's been a lot of controversy over elections and people just, you know, not understanding how, how those processes work. So just really kind of 
taking like the 30,000 foot view and figuring out, okay, how do we explain this in a way that people understand it, that it's not too in the weeds, but they're still, you're still painting a picture for them. So, and you know, sometimes that's with words, sometimes that's with graphics, sometimes it's with video. So, you know, just kind of figuring out the best way to communicate something too. Does that approach differ when you're engaging the media versus members of the public and you've kind of been on both mm -hmm. sides of that mm -hmm. coin having mm -hmm. been in the media yourself uh, so right and yeah I mean I would say especially when we're engaging with the media we try to you know follow the inverted pyramid style of writing and all what of is, that what's, what's that, that mean, mean? <laughs> probably something that we do not follow <laughs> for all of that yeah. a pyramid's so. like a triangle right I'm not sure <laughs> With a few more sides, okay, yeah. More sides. <laughs> so yeah, it's basically you want you want the most important information, the information that everybody absolutely needs to know about this topic. You want that to be the first paragraph, the first couple of paragraphs. Date, who, time, what, and when, place. where, why? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and then so then that's broader at the top, and then you kind of narrow it down to information that isn't as necessary. It's nice to have information, but isn't as necessary. So. Right. So, Allison, as I said right at the outset, we do have this new piece of technology around communication that we're about to unveil. Do you want to talk about it for a few minutes? Describe, I folks, uh, what it is, yes. how it's going to work. So, we are going to be launching later this week. It should be live by the time this podcast is up. But um, It's a community engagement platform. It's online. It's uh, going to be at MissoulaCountyVoice.com. And it is an engagement platform where we'll be able to feature different projects and initiatives that c the county staff are working on and have different tools we can use to get feedback from the public on, on those projects. For example, we're going to have a map that shows all the county roads and then if, if a road needs maintenance or if there's a pothole somewhere, somebody can just go drop a pin and say there's a pothole right here and then our public works staff will see that and they'll be able to respond more quickly than say if they're just you know getting emails or phone calls or oh, that tool know. will be on fire i think right but then lots of other great county initiatives too will be on there um let me see there was one about the property inventory that we're going to be doing here that kind of came up with the with the large month stuff that we're going to be inventorying properties so that'll be another example of where there's going to be a map people can look at what it is and kind of suggest what what sort of use they might want to have this is the process mm -hmm. where emily brock and helpers mm -hmm. are going to inventory all the property that the county owns and then run all those properties through mm -hmm. some type of evaluative matrix and determining what is and what isn't a good prospect for development right but that's a good example of where we just really want community to be involved in that from the beginning and that's really one of the hopes with this too is sometimes folks you know they don't hear about a project until you know maybe it's in front of you guys at a public hearing and then at that point that may be too late to put a lot of meaningful feedback in so the goal with this is to really get those projects up there out to the public get people engaging and then they can sign up for updates about projects they're interested in and it'll just be a really good way for people so, to be involved so what if somebody wants to comment on something that isn't described on the missoula county voice website is there a way for them to do that, or can they only respond to the projects that are described there? So I think right now the way it is set up mainly is it's it's just project-based and initiative-based. I think we have a, a just a general email that would go to the communications department, so okay. if there's something like that. Um, we do have, this is an exciting feature, it's called Mythbusters, so if oh, there's some great. rumors nice. <laughs> great. out there, people are hearing, they can submit a question, and then we can, we'll work to provide the, the accurate information on that, so... 
Wait, so, okay, in addition to MissoulaCountyVoice.com, uh, um, what are some of the other ways residents can engage or should engage? We try to use as many channels as is possible and realistic. You know, we're, we're on social media, most of the social media platforms. We have good relationships with local media and, um, you know, depending on... If there's a certain project, you know, you might get a mailer if it's something that's affecting your neighborhood, um, things like that. One thing that we are trying to be really conscious of, especially as a lot of our channels are digital based, is how can we make sure we're not leaving behind the people who are, you know, maybe in more rural communities, they don't have great internet or they're older and just they're just not going to be able to, to get news through those technological ways. So we've been working really hard to, you know, connect with some local organizations that reach those audiences to make sure that we're getting information out to them too. This tool, I mean, I'm kind of a Luddite and it's super easy to navigate and it's beautiful. And so I'm really personally really excited about this, but how does this differ from the city's uh, engagement platform. You know, it is, it's through the same company that they use. And so it should be, if people are already familiar with that, then this should be a pretty, pretty easy transition. But it does, you know, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> confusion sometimes between the city and the county. So this, we, you know, try to really differentiate it from these are county projects. This is what the county <laughs> is working on. We do, you know, as you guys know, we work a lot with the city on different projects, so there might be some overlap sometimes, and so it kind of depends on who's the lead agency, but if the county's the lead agency, we're going to have that on our site, and obviously refer to the city, and then vice versa, but it's, it's similar, but I think we're also going to be employing a few different tools and stuff than we, what the city is doing. So what's like a, a main message uh, you'd like to share with residents about um, engaging with Missoula County? Well, really, the main message I would say is, you know, local government works better when we're hearing from the people we serve. So this is just, message. yeah, this is just one of those tools that you can use. That and it's so hard to believe. Like you just, as a resident, you just don't, I didn't believe it until I'm actually seeing um, how hard you guys all work. And it's really you just helpful gotta to reach out. hear about things before we make a decision on those same things. Then yeah. afterwards, right. afterwards mm -hmm. it doesn't. You can't, you can't do, do anything, anything about yeah. it, right? Right. So yeah, I would just say take advantage of this. I know, <laughs> I know not everybody is like as nerdy about local government <laughs> as I am, but and it's not like top of mind. But hopefully, it'll be something where it's just easy to kind of pop in and see what's going on and, and weigh in if it's something you care about. So there might be folks out there thinking, you know, I, I already have Commissioner Slotnick's email address or his personal phone number. I can call him at 2 a.m. Uh, and, and let him know about this issue that's of concern to me. Uh, what's the advantage of, of using this new Missoula County voice platform over emails, phone messages, snail mail for that matter right right well don't stop calling commissioner slot <laughs> <laughs> keep that up if you've got that right, in your routine right. um so i would say that the advantage of this is it's a little more interactive you're communicating directly with the staff who are on the project i mean obviously you guys are looped in on things but you might not know all the details of something so if you have a question then it's it's the staff person who's working on the project who's going to answer that directly and it's it also has a more interactive component with other people in the community, depending on what tool is employed on which project, you can, you know, bounce ideas off of each other and all of that. And there's surveys, polls, just a lot of different ways to engage other than just emailing and saying, I, I support this or I don't support this. You can kind of give some more structured feedback. 
take things in just a slightly different direction because there's more that you do besides managing this new Missoula County Voice platform. And, and one of the things your communication shop is involved with is responding to public records requests. So, so by law, folks can access public records here with Missoula County government or local government. And uh, my understanding is you've been getting a fair number of such requests uh, in, in recent years. And that also we've recently um, uh, gone down the path of, of using a public request platform, uh, electronic platform for such requests and managing such things. So talk to us a little bit about uh, how this fits into the process of managing public records requests and how this transition uh, really will improve our responsiveness to the public. Yeah, so over the past couple of years, we just really started to see an increase in the, the volume of these requests that we're getting. You know, some of them are just for for documents. A lot of them are for emails. And um, like you said, you know, by law, we have pretty broad open records laws in Montana. So, I'll, you know, with a few exceptions, pretty much anything is accessible by request. And there is a lot that goes into processing these. From the outside, it probably doesn't seem that way. And I mean, back in my journalism days, I didn't realize how, how much was involved in it. And no, they're just trying to hide something if they're taking too long. <laughs> in the days, when you're requesting two years worth yeah. of emails from the Cascade <laughs> County Commission. <Right. laughs> and now that I'm on this side, I, I see how much, you know, it's just a lot of the time it's figuring out which, which staff are involved, who might have these records kind of talking through it just to make sure that we're if we're going to do an email search we're doing it right and we're not just going to come back with a bunch of stuff that's irrelevant so it, it takes a long time it can take a lot of tracking and just making sure that you're following through and that people are staying on, on track with it so a few months ago we employed a tool called next request that is basically an online portal the public can go to it submit their request we receive it, I can see what it is, I assign it to the correct department, add the relevant staff to it, and it's really been a great tool in helping us with just tracking and making sure that these requests aren't falling through the cracks, because that's honestly what was happening sometimes when you just have <laughs> a bunch of emails flying around and you're adding people. So it's been a really great tool, and especially when it comes to email requests, depending on how broad a request is and you have IT search for emails, it <laughs> it can come back with literally thousands of pages of documents. I'm not exaggerating when I say that I there was one that was pretty broad that came back and it was 30,000 pages. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Not 30,000 emails, 30,000 <coughs> pages. And honestly, that's because if you have, say you have 10 county staff people copying on the same email it will come back with that same email each time for each person that's copied yeah so it's just it's not it's not a super <laughs> efficient way to do it and what's really great about this software we have now is it it has a tool to deduplicate those emails so when when those are coming through we just can kind of process those and then I'm not having to just sift through the same emails over and over again because we do have to review them to make sure we're not releasing protected information so I mean you can see yeah you can see how that gets super cumbersome and inefficient and it's just not a good use of staff time or taxpayer dollars so yeah, yeah. it's been a really wow. great addition well thanks for that so we all live in this highly technological world and see things changing really rapidly if you're going to be predictive at all of seeing looking out a couple of years from now how do you think people will want to communicate with local government with 
elected officials in a way that they're not doing right now. I don't know if I want to speculate too much on what sort of like social media might yeah. be out there. I mean, and just like right now I have young kids and I don't have to worry about what social media <laughs> they're using and I don't even want to know what might be out there when they're <laughs> um, on it. But one thing I do feel pretty confident in and that we'll just have to always be mindful of is that no matter what channels are out there in the future, there's just going to be more room for misinformation out in the world. And so we yeah. just have to be really good about making sure that we're being proactive and transparent with the information that we're putting out there. Because really, I mean, I think it's human nature for, you know, you want to be able to tell a story in your head. And when, yeah. you, when you have gaps in that story, you're just going to fill it in with whatever for information sure. makes sense. So if we're being proactive about putting out accurate information and making sure it's accessible to people, that will help combat that yeah wow so <laughs> given that you've worked in the private sector doing journalism mm -hmm. and for the university and now a local government how are those things different and what do you like about working in local government what are the challenges associated with local government that you didn't face in r traditional journalism or, or at the U well, I will say one thing I like about working in local government that I feel like was specifically is I feel like we have a good work-life balance I feel like I, I'm passionate about what I do, but I can also leave it at the door, which I don't feel like I had that in journalism just because it was, you know. All consuming. It's, it's all consuming and just, you know, there was staff shortages all the time, it felt like. So you're always just kind of trying to pick up for the slack on, you know, <laughs> whatever is missing at the moment. So it, that was that was a tough industry to be in. There's a little more job security in uh, this <laughs> sector for sure. That, so, yeah. But then how, um, what, what, why were you looking to, I don't know, you don't need dark secrets or anything, but like, why were you looking to leave the university? Like, why were you curious about yeah, you'd local think, government? Okay. You'd think there'd be good work-life yeah. balance at the university. Yeah, there, and there, there was, yeah, that's a good point. I don't want to <laughs> throw them under the bus on that or anything. I just, the, the role I was doing, it just, I... I don't know. I wasn't super passionate about it. I was working in like the alumni association at that point, which was great. It was fine. It just, I didn't feel like it was something that I was overly passionate about and just wanted to look for something else. And yeah, this was just a good fit and I really enjoyed it. We're so lucky. We are very lucky <laughs> oh, to thank have you. you. Yeah, we're super lucky. <laughs> Research has shown that people respond positively to outrage. Like they get amped up when they're mm -hmm. mad and click mm -hmm. more and, and dig deeper and go to the next link. And you guys don't do that. You're just telling the truth and being transparent about what's happening. And there's no finger pointing and there's not much to be outraged about. Uh, meanwhile, out there in the disinformation world, it's all about outrage, which typically transfers to clicks and likes and all of that. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel like you're at a disadvantage being hampered by the truth? I mean, sometimes, but I think what we try to keep in mind, and a good example of this was last year when we were working on the, the vaccine uh, we were working as um, vaccine PIOs for, for that rollout and... Public we information pu officers. Sorry, yes, public yeah. information <laughs> officers. <laughs> so, and we, you know, there's all this misinformation out there and there are just, there are some folks who just, they're, they're watching whatever channels and getting their information wherever they're embedded in it. We have, there's no chance really that they're going to see the light. But there are people who are maybe seeing information on one side and on another side who maybe aren't convinced one way or another. But if we can just focus and make sure we're trying to reach those people and not measure our success by we're convincing people who just aren't going to be convinced, yeah. then, then that's to me is 
the success and, That's a and good what answer. we need to focus on. Yeah. So now's uh, yeah opportunity to dish here. So people forget that local government um, involves real life people and human beings. So what are your pet peeves from a personal level and and and, and from the <laughs> communications perspective? The commissioner is asking yeah. her to do this today. <laughs> script dumb questions. <laughs> well, okay, and I'm laughing too because this is not a question that we ask other guests. <laughs> It's because you're in communications, and I know that you must have pet peeves, so share them. Well, okay, related to communications, I would say probably when something is written in passive voice versus oh, active voice. That's, yeah. a, that's a pet peeve of ours. And I think I just like said that, that in active or passive voice, <laughs> yeah. so let me rephrase right, that. You said that. Mistakes were made. Mistakes <laughs> that's were that's made. my favorite one. Mistakes were made. The passive voice was used. I used it. The passive voice was used. The so yes, let me rephrase that. that. <laughs> when people write in passive voice. There we go. Um, so, and one of my favorite little tricks with that that I like to tell people is if you can say, if you can end your clause with by zombies, yeah. that means... Oh, yes. good. That, that's <laughs> yes. good. That means it's in passive voice and you need to rewrite it to active voice. I also have somewhat strong feelings about um, the Oxford, the Oxford comma. comma. <laughs> for, for our listeners who aren't initiated, uh, what is the Oxford comma? The Oxford comma is um, the comma that some people believe is always necessary after and in a series so red white and blue the oxford comma will be that last comma after red comma and. white comma yes. and comma and yes right. excessive comma Exce yes except thank you josh <laughs> yes <laughs> and i strongly believe but he <laughs> shoots oh. and leaves and it's you know. yeah yeah i that's not the Oxford comma, Correct, though. correct, correct. <laughs> so, so I just got to follow on here. Is, is there an overused word that you're just, you just can't stand anymore? Overused oh, good there, there are a handful of government words that make me insane, but or just sort of organizational words. I was wondering if you had one that you're, I'm just never using that again. Oh. <laughs> Do you got one? I don't know. Do you guys have any? Threading the needle? Oh, yeah, yeah. Evidence-based? Evidence-based. Threading the needle, yes. Well, you guys, I shared that poem with you, right? I wrote a whole poem in the form of an email entirely in overused cliches. We should just post that. Yes, let's post that, yes. Hopefully in a book soon. Yes. Nice, nice. I Yeah, threading the needle is one that we've been saying a lot lately, but... What would be a better description because we do aim to do that in local government. We do, yes. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to put it in my uh, my email signature. Navigate the rock garden. Needle. Like what? <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Navigate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it would be. Crossing a log bridge. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> and then okay, well, yeah. And personally too, what are the things that yeah drive Alice and Franz crazy or make you really happy? Oxford comma. Uh, right. Oxford yes. Comma. Proper Oxford comma used. Yes. Um, Oh, well, let's go with here. I will spin something that drives me crazy into something positive. How about that? Oh, so perfect. good. I really appreciate when other drivers see a yellow light and they slow down and they stop Ooh, <laughs> instead of running. Nice. Yeah. That Have light. you always <laughs> felt that way when yes. you were 19? Did you feel that way? Before you had little kids in the back? 
<laughs> you know, I, I don't, I probably didn't care as much when I was 19, I'm sure. Um, I just, haven't you guys noticed it's so bad over the past couple of years? People are just flying through. You're like, yeah, the light is turning to go. green. The light yeah. is green yeah. and you see someone going through. The three of us might be guilty of that. <laughs> is it okay if it's red? <laughs> just, just keep on moving? Uh. We're living in a society, people. <laughs> Yellow means slow down. We're always late. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, before we close, can you share... Yeah, share a good book or oh, we said nuggets of wisdom. Is that is that a bad metaphor? Ooh. Now I'm like super no, sensitive good. to that's all our, our our language here. I what am I reading right now? Um, all the things I never told you by Celeste Ng, I believe is it's pronounced. Oh. She's a she's a fiction author. Do you like reading fiction for I relaxation? yeah I I like memoirs a lot. I would say that's mainly what I read, but I I, I do enjoy a good novel too. And there was something, there was a podcast I was listening to, Armchair Expert podcast, if you guys yeah, you listen to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was listening to the episode recently with Daniel Pink, and he's an author, researcher, thought leader, I think, whatever that means exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he his new book is on regret. He's been doing research on regret and just how mm. it can be. It's like this negative emotion, but it can yeah. be a really powerful emotion too. And one of the things that he was talking about that he found out through his research was that like we might think that people regret the things that they did do more and that's kind of what people are ruminating on but it's actually people regret the things they didn't do more than the things they did do um you know the chances they didn't take essentially so that was kind of that was interesting and just you know something to keep in mind as that well is really interesting. Mm. great well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for Allison. Having me. Yes, yeah. thanks, Allison. And thanks for all the work you do. 